Famous scenes with drama queens and heroes Acted out there on the silver screen Come grab a seat, the popcorn is on me Bonjour, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning the second. Hanging out with Thomas Manning. Hey man, how I, are you? You actually should have gone with Noel just for the, the <laughs> French. You know, I the should Frenchness. have. I should have. And, and I'm glad you caught the accent because I was going for uh, I was actually going for Belgium. Oh, well, what but accent? I'll take, what I'll accent take French. About? I didn't notice. That's okay. That's good. That's good. Greg Tillman uh, back there on the uh, Tim Cam. Yeah, you know, we want to appeal to all nationalities right here on uh, Meet Me at the Movies. And if you're looking for uh, translations, we actually do have multiple translations of this. So just email Mr. Tillman, info at c19.tv, and we can provide any type of uh, translation for you for this particular show. Thomas, glad you're feeling better, man. Oh, yeah. uh, you were out last week, you got an infection in your mustache, and it caused some issues, it, right? Yeah, all I gotta say <laughs> is, you know, make sure you're grooming and maintaining your facial hair out there, and uh, you won't end up flat on your back on your 23rd birthday like me, right. so, yeah. Well, well, well happy belated, and uh, I'm glad that you are back in action, and glad that was, was taken care of. I am too, yeah. Well, we've got a lot to try to talk about today, uh, including uh, a Netflix, uh, some Netflix originals, uh, and then uh, where is where's the Fletch? Where can people find the Fletch movie? Uh, Paramount Plus, maybe. <laughs> you don't know. That's bad. You got to do I'm your research. Sure, uh, listen, I'm pretty sure it's Paramount Plus. <laughs> okay. We'll have to do the research on that and get back to you. But we're going to talk about Fletch. Uh, we're going to talk Just about. Just go to John Hamm's house. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All quiet on the Western Front and uh, Afterburn, and we'll see what else. We get a chance to talk after about sun. after sun. After sun, yeah. say afterburn. Yeah, it's, an, it's not a Top Gun sequel. No, <laughs> a, yeah. That's right. Well, there's a lot to try to talk about today, and so let's dive right in. Uh, if you follow anything on Netflix, you you've come to realize in the past few years that there's a lot of original content and original content that gets award type recognition, Thomas, uh, including uh, this foreign language film that's based on a book from 1929. Uh, the film is called All Quiet uh, on the Western Front. There was a movie version of this that won an Oscar back in 1930, but it was based on a novel by a World War I German vet who kind of captured the life of what happens to the frontline soldiers based on his real experiences. Uh, the book and the original film really uh, anti-war commentaries that explored the glorification, the propaganda of these war machines that try to get these so these youth to go into war, go into battle. It also looks at the physical, the emotional, and the mental devastation of what happens to frontline soldiers. Uh, one of the things that's, that's also fascinating is the contrast and the contradictions of what's happening on the front lines, but what's happening on the people who are actually pulling the strings and calling the shots. Um, and, and you see that the, um, the, the people calling the shots, they're a far cry from what's happening uh, with the death and devastation on the front lines. Uh, you see the same thing uh, in this 2022 version that has been released uh, by Netflix. Uh, this version is in uh, German and French language. Uh, there are subtitles, uh, but you can also, because it's Netflix, you can actually watch it with English language. Uh, or different languages as well. And that's kind of one of the great things that Netflix has been able to do is, is they have that separate audio track uh, that you can do that with. 
Uh, this film, uh, the 2022 version, is a brutal uh, exploration of war, its impact, uh, and it, it, it is a visual storytelling masterpiece, Thomas. I, I was really, really blown away by this. The cinematography is stunning. Uh, many of the shots were absolutely breathtaking. I just literally just sat there and just looking at what was unfolding on screen. Sometimes you're seeing these just empty fields with a, with a barren tree. Other times you're seeing a war unfold. Uh, the score itself is really haunting uh, and you see the, whore, the, the score um, and the um, sound design kind of coming in play almost cross, crisscrossing over each other. I remember uh, Hans Zimmer's uh, score for Dunkirk. Uh, it's, you get that kind of same vibe uh, with this as well. The composer uh, did the movie Lion and also The Old Guard. His name is Volker Bartelmann. Uh, and I probably did not get that quite correct, but I'm pretty dang close. Uh, the set pieces, production design, costumes, makeup, makeup, incredible on this. Special effects, fight choreography, uh, they really offer this kind of perceived authenticity of a time and place over 100 years ago on front lines in World War One. And I say perceived authenticity because unless you're there, you can't truly recreate it. I remember talking to my grandfather who was a, a, a frontline infantryman in World War One in Patton's Third Army and he said, you know, unless you've lived through it, unless you've been there, there's no way that anybody can ever recreate what you've experienced. Uh, the film does look at the horrors, the brutality of war through battle sequences. There are these dramatic interactions that happen in the trenches uh, of war. And we also look at the human suffering because of isolation, we look at hunger uh, as a result of, of separation from limited supply chains. And with the contrast of that, from an editing standpoint, what I've really appreciated was you're seeing how the soldiers are just looking for scraps to eat. And then you, you look at a shot of, of these people that are kind of calling the shots and making the decisions. And they've got these you know, huge tables and they have servants feeding them stuff and, and the things they don't eat, they just chunk to the dog on the floor to eat. And you're seeing those contrasts and you're realizing that the dogs in this household are being treated better than these frontline soldiers. Uh, I, I was really fascinated uh, by this. Uh, it, it does deal with the coming of age. It deals with death of friends. Uh, it deals with finding motivation and how do you move forward and what is your identity when you're suffering and when you're coming of age in a time of, of war. Uh, Runtime, two and a half hours. Uh, the original was two hours, 11 minutes, so it's not that much longer uh, than the original back from, uh, from 1930. Uh, the bigger the sound, the bigger the screen, this film is well worth watching uh, from that standpoint. Pacing does suffer just a little bit at times, uh, yet this is awards uh, worthy, awards caliber in multiple categories. Uh, it's not something that everybody could watch, but if you uh, are, are drawn to films like Saving Private Ryan or 1917, this could be up your alley. It is realistic from uh, the uh, exploration of what happens during war times. Uh, there was also a 1979 TV remake uh, as well uh, over the years. Any questions? Uh, yeah, so for someone like myself who was born a few years after 1930 and missed the original and its theatrical run, right. uh, how would you compare this film to the, the original as far as like its merits as a remake and uh, something that 
you know, did this remake justify its existence as pushing, pushing the filmmaking forward and doing something different with the material? I've always said that if you're going to do a remake, it's got to do one of several things. One of those is, is there new technology that, that makes this worthwhile, the special effects in a previous version, something that needed more? Uh, is there something different you can do to the story? Uh, I think this has done a little bit of everything. Well, I did keep true for the most part to what we saw in the original and uh, in the original source material, the book. Um, the visuals of what we can present on film now, uh, you know, almost a hundred years later, uh, from a technology standpoint, definitely advances this. It's definitely worth the time and effort to do a remake um, or a new adaptation. So absolutely, uh, it's, it's worthy of that. I, I do recommend uh, watching both uh, because seeing one that was done in 1920, that is so close to the time period of when the war took place. There's kind of a different feel and a different vibe because of that. Uh, and in that original, there were actually um, German World War I veterans that were extras and that were supporting cast members in that original as well. Wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the movie itself, I'm giving an A minus rating, a really solid film, technically uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, just the, the pacing at times was a little, little off and it will take a few people away, but, but solid, solid A minus rating. Excellent. All right, Thomas, uh, we're going to talk about an A24 film that you've got a chance to check out. Was this in New Hampshire you got a chance to check this out? Yeah, I went on a little afternoon drive, ended up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, as one does, and uh, <laughs> you know, stumbled across the New Hampshire Film Festival, and this happened to be the Saturday marquee that evening. And uh, After Sun, it's an A24 film uh, written and directed by Charlotte Wells. Um, very personal project for her. And so honestly, until the last 15 minutes of this movie, I was relatively lukewarm on it. Um, you know, I respected and appreciated it and what it meant for Charlotte Wells as a storyteller. It was very cathartic, um, you know, very much something she was pulling from her soul. Um, and so that I, of course, admired, but it was something that me personally, I just couldn't get myself in the same wavelength. And, you know, that's okay. Everybody's gonna have different experiences with uh, films like this. Um, and it's, it's a slice of life film. It takes place over the course of a week. It's a father and daughter on vacation. Um, but then the last 15 minutes, just so many pieces that have been kind of subtly laid over the preceding, like it's, a it's about a 100 minute film. So over the preceding like 75 minutes or so, all of these little dominoes have been set up and then it just all cascades. Um, I love that, I love that. Yeah. When a film can do that, and, I, and I've seen Usual Suspects for me was one of those films that I thought was just a great you know, procedural crime piece that I enjoyed, but then when things started to click and you're like, oh, you realize just how good the story is and how good the film is. Yeah, and I will say it's definitely not as like exciting as Usual Suspects. It's not something that will, um, you know, have you intrigued on the edge of your seat in that sense. This is more of an emotional domino effect, um, and it will, um, you know, break your heart. <laughs> I will yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, and there's make your eyeballs sweat. Just oh, a little, just a little bit. bit, just a little bit. Um, there's this, you know, single emotional moment um, that in with uh from the actor paul mescal who plays the father in this uh, there's just like this single emotional beat that just everything um all of these small under the surface acting 
um, you know, just gestures that he had been maneuvering throughout the entire runtime, and it just it's all kind of like came up to the surface at this one moment, um, and uh, that that was the moment that won me over. And yeah. then from there, just it was like just one moment after another in those last 15 minutes. Wow. Um, I think it features probably the best needle drop of Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie that I've ever heard in a film. Um, and so the lyrics, you know, comment on the emotional journey of the characters and the narrative, but it also, um, it, the music blends into the score. Wow. Um, and it's like a perfect, perfect meshing of tones. Um, I think a similar, um, a similar film, well, not a similar film, but a similar needle drop a few years ago um, was in the movie Joker, actually, which we have discussed in the show. Neither one of us were huge fans of that film, but there was that interesting moment where Joker is dancing down the stairs, and you right. have the needle drop, and then it blends into the score. Yeah. So there's a similar moment in here, but uh, it, I would say in After Sun, it's like 100 times more effective than it was okay. in Joker. Um, so that, that's a good comparison parallel to make there. Well, very cool, very cool. Uh, and, and this, why was this film being shown at this particular festival? Uh, it's it's going to be an awards contender over the next um, next few months. Okay. We had an so, Oscar season, so it's one of these that's getting that getting that buzz, getting that push. Uh, the campaign has started, and uh, the festival was one of the places that that happened. Any right. other thoughts or question or thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> you don't have, you can ask me questions. I haven't seen it, but any other thoughts about After Sun? Yeah, so uh, Frankie Corio, she's a young actress who plays the 11 year old girl in this film and it's very very much told through her eyes the story is told from her perspective um, and I think she's someone this actress someone to look out for in the years to come and I know uh, North Carolina film critics we now have a best young actor category right. um, she's gonna I think she's gonna find a spot on my ballot for my wow. nominations okay. uh, she's she's brilliant um, the, the cinematography is the way the camera moves is very delicate and gentle and also precise. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you know, the camera itself understands the uh, the moments it's capturing and just like how fragile they are. Wow. Um, and so it's like the camera itself is also is almost a character. Yeah. Um, and so it basically tells a story of how a string of many moments and events that kind of seem, you know, insignificant in the moment can gradually build and build wow. and to a singular crucial point in time that just suddenly changes everything. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah. Uh, and your rating for the A24 film, After Sun? Uh, for After Sun, I'm going to give an A minus and uh, it's been uh, about three weeks since I've seen the film, but it's one that I pretty much thought about every day yeah. that, I've, uh, wow. that I've, every day has passed. It sticks with you. I mean, yeah. that, that's the mark of a, of a really uh, amazing film, one that will stick with you and make you think and make you ask questions and, and maybe even go back to it. Uh, you are watching Meet Me at the Movies uh, right here on C19 TV. If you're listening to the radio and podcast, uh, that's through WGWG. I'm here with Thomas Manning, uh, also Greg Tillman, uh, back there on the uh, the Tim Cam. Uh, well, he, he stepped away because he knows it's time for the intermission. We're going to go to a quick uh, break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about The Good Nurse. Uh, and we're also going to talk about uh, a new Fletch film uh, that doesn't star Chevy Chase right after this quick interview. So don't you make act now, supplies are running out, allowing
The shopping event of the season, the Southern Christmas Show, November 10th through 20th at the Park Expo and Conference Center. Enjoy a winter wonderland and find the magic of the season with frosty decor galore. Plus, shop hundreds of booths to find one-of-a-kind gifts for everyone on your list. Buy early and save on tickets at southernchristmasshow.com. Let's go to the Southern Christmas Show. Hi, I'm Nikki Bliss Carroll, your host for Cleveland Connections the show that explores what's happening at Cleveland Community College. Join us as we sit down with members of faculty and staff to discuss programs of study, upcoming events, and other exciting campus news. We'll have a new show for you each month on C19 TV, or you can stream us online at c19.tv. Tune in and connect with Cleveland Community College on Cleveland Connection. Cleveland Community College has identified strengthening online learning as the topic for its quality enhancement plan. We're calling it SOUL. SOUL's five-year implementation plan is focused on continuous improvement of online courses and promoting student success. We're excited for you to take this journey with us. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. Uh, Noel T. Manning, second here, hanging out with uh, Tomas Manning uh, and also uh, Greg Tillman uh, back there on the. Uh, there he is, he's back. Yeah, back there on the Tim Camp. Uh, you know, Netflix, it seems like every week we're talking about a new Netflix original. Uh, we've already talked about one, and we're going to talk about another one, uh, and it's called The Good Nurse. Uh, this is uh, starring uh, Jessica Chastain. I love Jessica Chastain. Also love Eddie Redmayne. So when I knew that these two were cast in, in the uh, a film, I knew I wanted to check it out. I knew I wanted to see it. Uh, they star in this uh, based on a true story film about the serial hospital deaths that are connected possibly to a not so good nurse. That's kind of the nutshell of it. I'm not going to get too much deeper into it. It is based on a true story. You can oh. find out plenty of information out there about that. I was going to ask, is it based on a true story? Because yes. I sure hope not. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, Chastain and Redmayne are absolutely solid. Uh, and Redmayne gives this really creepy and chilling performance. And it's not creepy and kooky in an Adams Family way. It's, it's much more uh, a way that will get under your skin and, and uh, make you uh, ask the question, okay, if I were in the room with this guy, how long would I stay in the room with the guy alone before I took off? That's, that's the kind of performance he gives uh, in this. It is a procedural uh, crime drama, and it really doesn't offer anything new from a storyline standpoint or a filmmaking standpoint when we look at these kinds of films about uh, possible serial killers uh, and crimes. There's nothing really new there, but it's worth watching if you like um, watching based on true story films and for the performances themselves, that makes it worth it. Uh, and there are certain times that there are certain movies, Thomas, that I've watched over the years that I'm like, you know, story was, it was okay, it was good, but it, you just, you were so mesmerized by the talent. Uh, and, and the filmmaking is incredibly solid on this. Don't get me wrong, the technical aspects well done, but it's, uh, it's Chastain and Redmayne that really carry this for me. I am drawn to these true, true crime stories. 
Um, it, it is something that my bride and, uh, and my daughter, your sister, will also want to watch because they love these true crime pieces. I have a sister. You're what? I have a sister. I, yeah, you do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I never told you that. And here we are breaking the news right here on Meet Me at the Movies. But yeah, you'd have a sister. All right. We'll, we'll talk to, about it afterwards. Yeah, I'm so sorry. sorry. That's a, Hopefully that's a you can family, make it. Sorry we're bringing family matters into this, but yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you'll make it through the rest of the show. <laughs> Greg, didn't we here. talk about that one time? Haven't we shared that? On the, no, I don't know. It okay. must have been behind my back. Well, I will say that um, anytime I watch anything that's based on a true story, uh, I want to revisit what actually happened. You know, the Watcher we talked about uh, a, a few weeks ago, uh, that is based on a true story, and I wanted to go back and read all about that. Same way with this, I haven't revisited the true story aspect of it, but I'm going to. Uh, the movie is a, a, you know, a, a good film, not a great film, but a good film worthy of a B rating. <laughs> Uh, is what I'm giving the good nurse. So Reddy Redmayne, with him playing... Reddy? Such, Reddy Redmayne? What, is that what I said? You said Reddy Redmayne. Well, we'll call him that from here on out. <laughs> from what it seems like, or from what you said, he is playing an absolute creep in this film, but that seems like a really uh, you know, kind of left turn as far as most of his performances, where he plays kind of bashful, lovable, kind of boyish, charming kind of guy. So how, how was it seeing him in such a different uh, environment? Well, you can see elements of that in, in the character as well, that um, there are these kind of unexpected moments, but um, I've always known him to be a, a really strong talent. Several years ago, he, he played uh, Stephen Hawking. And so, you know, I knew the range that, that he had. Uh, I've seen it before, and so, uh, you know, seeing it in this particular film didn't really surprise me. But um, I, I do like seeing him uh, take some chances, and he did take a few chances in The Good Nurse. Love to hear it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, are you going to check it out? Uh, I'll plan on it, maybe just maybe. for Ch Chastain and Redmayne. Yeah. And uh, it's Chastain, she's on an incredible streak she here. Is. I feel like every, for the past six or seven years, she's got about two films around the Oscar season that are, you know, Oscar worthy. Yeah, so. yeah, she's just amazing. She, she truly is, both of them are. Uh, we're gonna uh, take a, a, talk about a whole left turn. We're gonna talk about a comedy that is not based on a true story, uh, but it is based on a whole series of books. There were a series of Fletch novels that began back in 1974. Hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, Gregory McDonald did the uh, original uh, books and there were a couple of films that came out. One was based on a book, one was original to the screen. Uh, Chevy Chase was in both of those in 1985 and 1989. He's not in this one. Yeah, so in this one, John Hamm is taking over the role of Fletch. And uh, Hamm is someone who really over the past decade, he's really come to his own and done such great work across different genres. And uh, from a few years ago, Baby Driver was one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. I loved his performance as the villain in that. And uh, then, you know, he was in Top Gun Maverick earlier this year. And he now, can play it all. He really can. He can do comedy, he can do drama, yeah. he can do action. Greg and I talked about that before we went on the air. Yeah, yeah, and this is uh, definitely him uh, just turning on the comedy and the charm as well. Um, and so this is one of those films that was directed by uh, Greg Mottola, who also directed Superbad. Um, and pretty early on, you know, it's, it's a murder mystery. But pretty early on, I stopped caring actually about the murder mystery <laughs> and about the character motivations because I just was having so much fun just watching John Hamm be yeah. his charismatic self. And yeah. everybody in this movie 
all the characters are just so incompetent, and that was so much fun to watch. Just it's <laughs> kind of like the show, exactly like the show. You know, art imitates life. So, <laughs> so you, know, you found it home, right? Watching right. This. It just felt like it was, was a movie made specifically for my life, and I really saw myself on the screen. So, <laughs> you know, as fun as it is to watch movies where. All the characters are true professionals, right. like like in a Michael Mann movie right. or, or a James Bond movie. Yeah. It's also fun to see a movie where just everybody is a complete fool <laughs> and nobody knows what they're doing. They're all just stumbling around and make the silliest mistakes that would get usually get them fired on the spot if they weren't in a film. Uh, exactly. But, or on the set of Meet Me right. the Movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, really solid cast. Uh, not not a ton of recognizable names outside of John Hamm, but it's a lot of character actors and stand-up yeah. comics that you'll recognize. And, you know, that comes back. Uh, you know, this director is great at working with comedic right. talents. Yeah. Um, and um, surprisingly, I really enjoy the film score. Uh, so I was watching with Christian Jessup. Yeah. And um, so... We lit it up. So David Arnold did the, did the film score for this. He worked on a few of the uh, early um, James Bond or early, early Craig Bond films. He worked okay. on uh, Casino Royale. Craig Quant Bond. Yeah, Craig. Yeah. Craig Bond. Yeah, okay. Daniel Craig, James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I thought I thought I knew you were talking about. Wow. Go, go ahead. Go for it. I'll, I anyway, won't you again. Anyway, great great fun <laughs> score by David Arnold. Uh, I'm not going to list out any more of his credits because you'll just find a way to make fun of me for it. Um, but, <laughs> I'll do that listen, anyway, man. <laughs> con Confess Fletch is a nice 90 minutes. Great to turn on on a Sunday afternoon yeah. when uh, the Carolina Panthers are playing poorly, <laughs> and uh, you just want to watch. Uh, you want to watch John Hamm have a good time. So, so, so if Greg Tillman's at, he goes to all the home games. So if he's at the home game and they're playing pretty poorly, he can just pull this up on his uh, iPhone. Yeah, yeah, because I think, like we said, it's Paramount Plus or something like that. Yeah. Uh, just pull it up at halftime. So, yeah, you can yeah. find it. Yeah, uh, Confess Fletch does sound like something that I would absolutely in, uh, love from top to bottom and, and you you've said that you want to watch it with me so we're gonna we're gonna watch this together and we'll google it and find out where <laughs> we can actually watch this because it is out there uh, and it's pretty easily and readily available but what is your rating for confess fletch uh solid b for confession okay. yeah. confess fletch yeah confess fletch solid b right here on meet me in the movies uh we do appreciate you guys spending time with us uh, we don't have a whole lot of time uh, before we wrap things up, but uh, I do want to say um, Disney Plus has uh, a, a new series called Tales of the Jedi. Uh, have you had a chance to watch any of them yet? I have not yet, but okay. uh, it looks beautiful from what I've seen from clips of the animation. Yeah, it really is. It's a prequel animated Star Wars series that explores these kind of lost stories uh, of characters that, that you know if you're familiar with the Star Wars universe, like ah Ahsoka, Mace Windu, Count Dooku before he was Count Dooku. Uh, and uh, and some others, Qui Gon Jinn is in. Is that right? Qui Gon Jinn. Qui Gon Jinn. Well, though you used to tell me it was Guan Qui Jinn. Guan Qui Jinn. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I used to tell you that because I just like to see you mess up. Yeah. Uh, but Qui Gon Jinn. Um, they do such a nice job of recreating uh, kind of this young Liam Neeson that as soon as you see it in this animated form, you're like, it's Liam Neeson. You, you realize it. The stories are excellent in this uh, really nugget-sized time frame for the stories because they're really short, you know, 12, 14, 15 minutes uh, a piece, so it really uh, easily digestible uh, in the stories. If you do have prior knowledge of the characters, it helps without a doubt, but you don't have to the way these are put together. They're kind of standalone pieces. 
Uh, and so that's one of the things I really like about this, this series. Uh, a rating for me for Tales of the Jedi that you can find on Disney+. Plus. So it kind of takes place across different time periods within the Star Wars universe yep. and different storylines. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. yeah, it's well worth checking out uh, if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, and um, some of them are a little more kid-friendly than others, depending on, on how your kids are. Um, so, uh, Thomas, uh, next week I think we're going to talk about the outfit, outfit which is uh, something... Josie's on a vacation far away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Outfit, which you said is one of your favorite films of the year, it so is. that's kind of a preview. Uh, and I want to talk about The Peripheral, which is based and shot partially in North Carolina. That's an Amazon Studios uh, original. I want to wrap things up with a movie quote of the week. This comes from the late Leslie Jordan. I uh, really hate that we lost him. Such a funny, funny guy. Uh, really, really liked him. But this quote comes directly from Leslie. I think that our dreams are what sustain us in hard times. Dreams are what keep us childlike. So until next time, for Thomas Manning, for Mr. Greg Tillman uh, back there on the Tim Cam, uh, I'm Nolte Manning II for Meet Me in the Movies, and that is a wrap. Happy